Matthew chapter 5, 43 to 45 says, Ye have heard that it hath been said, Thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy. But I say unto you, Love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which despitefully use you, and persecute you, that you may be the children of your Father which is in heaven. For he maketh his son to rise on the evil and on the good, and sendeth rain on the just and on the unjust. When insulted, when persecuted on behalf of our faith, anger or fear may be our first response. It is at those times our adversary will choose to take advantage of and seek to create within us a hatred of certain people. We cannot let Satan get a victory in our minds, in our hearts, and in our spirits through the various things that have, been, that have happened in our country this week. Instead, let us each choose individually and corporately as a church to take advantage of these moments when we are being persecuted for our faith and respond with love that is a testimony far greater than the sword ever could be. That being said, now I'm going to get frank and say some pointed things, some things that relate to political issues, but I am no way desiring to be political. I have strived to keep politics out of this, though from time to time I have to address some things. There is no single issue that demands our attention and to stand courageously for our beliefs. We cannot be silent on this issue anymore. We must protect ourselves, our family, and our churches from this insidious, satanic ideology of the transgender movement. I do not want my children living in a socialist Marxist society ruled by an elite class that teach and promote the mutilation of children. This week will go down, I believe, as an inflection point in our country's history. This week, a woman that identified herself as a transgender man blasted her way into a Christian school in Nashville, Tennessee, and intentionally gunned down and murdered three young children, nine and under, and gunned down and murdered three adults as they were heroically trying to protect the other children. We also saw hero police officers run toward the gunfire and save the rest of those children. We saw a former president of the United States be indicted on what appears to be rather flimsy charges and will have to report to New York City police for his arrest and processing on Tuesday. 2 Timothy 3, 1-7 This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come, for men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, Truth breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof, from such turn away. For of this sort are they which creep into houses and lead captive silly women laden with sins, led away with diverse lusts, ever learning, and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. We are in those perilous times. These verses describe our times. I never thought America would fall as bad and as low as it has fallen in my lifetime. That fall has drastically accelerated in the last two and a half years. There is a chasm between those who believe they are God and those who believe they are not God. There is a battle raging between basically two belief systems, man's word and God's word. 
It's a battle that began 6,000 years ago in the Garden of Eden and is detailed in Genesis chapter 3. The beginning of this spiritual battle occurred when the devil, in the form of a serpent, tempted the first man and woman, Adam and Eve, to disobey God's word. The devil said, did God actually say, Genesis 3, 5, and then he said, you'll be like God. In other words, reject God's word and be your own God. Genesis chapter 3, verse 1 and verse 5. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field, which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden? For God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. Actually, Genesis 3, 1 and Genesis 3, 5 sum up the sin nature of man. We know Adam succumbed and listened to the devil and disobeyed God. That is the origin of sin, resulting in the judgment of death. Because Adam gave into the, into the devil's temptation, the sin nature of man is that he would rather believe the word of man than the word of God. Humans, because of that sin nature, naturally want to be their own God, to decide truth for themselves. Jesus makes it clear we cannot do that. For he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me, John fourteen six. You cannot have your own truth. There is only the truth. Now those who trust Christ for salvation can look to Christ and the work of the Holy Spirit in their lives to not let their sin nature master them. But those who are not Christians, to one degree or another, allow their sin nature to master over them as they act as their own God. We are seeing this play out before our very eyes as those who act as their own God determine right and wrong in their opinion. They determine their own truth for themselves. God's word describes man's sinful heart this way. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Jeremiah 17, 9. The natural man has a depraved heart. As humans allow their depraved heart to master over them, they will resort to all sorts of perversion and depravity as they attempt their supposed God status. They will turn against everything that the Creator God who owns them has set down as His rules about life. The Bible describes them this way, Woe unto them that call evil good and good evil, that put darkness for light and light for darkness, that put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. And we are seeing that a lot and all over the place in our country right now. People calling evil good and calling good evil. Now these people, these people, they will pervert marriage. We see that in their in- insistence on gay marriage, or quote-unquote marriage, gay marriage. There's no such thing as gay marriage, and there's only one marriage, the one God created, one man, male, or one woman, female. They will pervert gender. The transgender movement is doing this. God created two genders only, male and female, and science confirms this. They will pervert that man is made in God's image. They pervert this as they do all they can to kill as many children as possible by abortion, which is nothing less than the child sacrifice to the God of self. 
They have adopted sexual humanism and attempt to force this on everyone. They will worship the creation instead of the creator. And that brings us to Romans chapter 1 and verses 22 to 32. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man, into birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. Wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lusts of their own hearts, to dishonor their own bodies between themselves, who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshipped and served the creature more than the Creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. For this cause God gave them up unto vile affections, for even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. And likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust one toward another, men with men working, working that which is unseemly, and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error which was meet. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient, being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whispers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, without understanding, covenant breakers, without natural affection, implacable, unmerciful, who, knowing the judgment of God, that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. Yes, we are seeing man being his own God and perverting God's word in increasing ways with increasing exhibitions of depravity. It's a spiritual battle. It's a battle between those who believe they are God and those who trust in the real God. God owns us. Now let's go over this past week. This past week, CBS banned the use of the word transgender in their news coverage of what happened in Nashville. One of the hosts of the show, The View, wore a t-shirt with the word prayer crossed out. Transgender activists stormed the Tennessee State Capitol and took it over for a period of time. I read this a couple of days ago and it was striking. Raided by the FBI for their beliefs, beaten in the streets by men in black masks, Children shot in schools, their political leaders arrested, media openly celebrates their eradication from society. No, I'm not talking about transgenders. This is reality for Christians in America. End quote. This week, this past week, also the White House spokesperson said this Our hearts go out to the trans community as they are under attack right now. And Build-A-Bear is now selling a drag queen stuffed bear for children. And six days after the murder of six Christians by a transgender person, three of them young children, the president said this, transgender people shape our nation's soul. So many things I could say about these statements, and I, I won't. I'll leave them at that. Just despicable. It's just unreal and despicable, the things that are going on in our country. Now, transgenderism is not something new. The idea of transgenderism has its roots in the primordial rebellion of humankind to the creation order of God. Ancient pagan rituals would have included some aspects of transgender practice. 
Uh, one man wrote this. Human sexuality is an objective biological binary trait. XY and XX are genetic markers of male and female, respectively, not genetic markers of a disorder. The norm for human design is to be conceived either male or female. Human sexuality is binary by design, with the obvious purpose being the reproduction and flourishing of our species. This principle is self-evident. Sexual sins, including transgenderism, were among the most heinous practices of the peoples living in Canaan. The lessons of their judgment because of deviant sexual practices remain as ominous warning signs to us today. When we prefer unbelief to faith in God, in order to advance the lusts of our flesh, we inevitably and often irretrievably destine ourselves for judgment. Now let's consider a transgender demonic god with a little g. Baphomet was originally conceptualized as a paganistic demon that represents equality, which is why it is half human, half animal, and both man and woman. The concept of this was later visualized in 1856 by Eliphas Levi, an ex-Catholic turned occultist who openly opposed God and the Catholic Church through various writings on magic, paganism, and the occult. Fast forward to the present day, and the Satanic Temple, a quote-unquote religious organization that prides itself on achieving legal status as such, uses this famous image of this demonic god as their visual representation, bringing it with them when they perform rituals throughout the United States. The statue of this demonic god is seen accompanied by two children, a white girl and a black boy, who look up in awe at the goat-faced demon. According to the Satanic Temple, around half of its members are part of the LGBT community, meaning they practice some form of sexual perversion. Images of children in the presence of transgender demons are shown both in classic literature, describing paganistic and demonic rituals, as well as in the present day, with so-called Drag Queen Story Hour. Today, we are seeing transgender people and drag queens putting on story hours dressed in demonically inspired outfits. Today, children are taking hormones, chemically altering themselves at the direction of their parents, and in many cases, physically altering themselves. A fact about this that seems to not be reported on much is the fact that it has been recently revealed through various studies that up to 40% of the transgender community are suicidal. Depression and self-hate run rampant in those that are in the clutches of this sin. Yet this sin is being pushed on our society, supported by those who are in control of our government and most of our media. Now it's considered demonic oppression. Satan continues to battle in order to enlarge his dark kingdom before its inevitable implosion. Rise of demonic influence is said to be severe harassment by demonic spirits, which often comes as a result of doors that have been opened in an individual's life through voluntary sin, which leads to manipulation in different areas of that life by evil spirits. There is a war of worlds going on in the shadows of our everyday awareness, an unseen battle between the Creator God with His army of heavenly beings and Satan with His fallen angels and demonic hosts. Nowhere is this battle more pronounced today than in the rise of the transgender movement. It is the front lines in Satan's scheme to deface and destroy the image of God that is stamped into our personhood, sexuality, marriages, children, and families. The problem is 
Most transgender people are unaware of the forces that drive them in unhealthy directions. Ephesians 2.2 Where in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit now worketh in the children of disobedience. Ephesians 2.2 tells us an important fact. Ephesians 2.2 tells us that Satan is the prince of the power of the air. Almost all of TV including PBS, film and theater, much of radio, including NPR, as well as most of newspapers and magazines have thrown themselves wholesale into promoting this great deception. Today, you have gay and trans activists welcomed into elementary schools to teach children how to perform the most perverted of things, how to transition to the opposite sex and worse. One recent trans activist actually encouraged a group of very young children to become drag queens while he danced around the room in his makeup, wig, and glittery dress. The False Church, a conglomeration of mainline denominations that have been taken over by non-believing liberals, provide religious cover for the doctrines of demons that they promulgate. Although they do not themselves believe in the authority of Scripture, they invent twisted versions of it in order to sow theological confusion among those who turn to them for divine guidance. There is a prevalent demonic influence in the transgender movement. I do not believe all that identify themselves as that way are demonically influenced, but I believe many are. This is a spiritual battle we must all daily prepare ourselves for. Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 to 18. Finally, my brethren, Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. And I believe that's extremely prevalent today. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand. Stand, therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked, and take the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Now, male and female created he them. God created male and female. God created male and female. Male and female created he them. God has not left us without his word and thus his will concerning sexuality. First, humankind is binary. There is no third or fourth category or fifth or sixth or seventh category of a human being. Nature attests to what scripture reveals. Man is made in God's image and created either male or female. Genesis 5.2, male and female created he them and blessed them and called their name Adam in the day when they were created. Our Savior, Christ Jesus, by whom the world was created and through whom it is sustained, appealed to his own word in Genesis 
to affirm the divinely created order in the sanctity of marriage. Matthew 19, 4-6 And he answered and said unto them, Have ye not read that he which made them at the beginning made them male and female? And said, For this cause shall man leave father and mother, and shall cleave to his wife, and they twain shall be one flesh? Wherefore they are no more twain but one flesh. But therefore God hath joined together, let no man put asunder. The scriptures not only provide creation background for what we plainly see in biology, but the texts also show us that God's creation was and is good. Male and female are perfectly complementary in biology, physiology, emotion, and spirit. Humanity finds its fullest expression in the unity of people being made one in marriage, a sacred and inviolable covenant instituted by Almighty God. Thus, it is not enough for us to merely point out the evil and therefore the consequent tragedy of sexual sin. We must also be diligent to lift up the beauty and blessings that flow from the created order of a loving God. Cross-dressing is forbidden. Transgenderism is explicitly addressed in the Bible. This fact reminds us that the phenomenon of a transsexual expression is not new. The practice is a deviant display of outward rebellion against the created order of God. For those who like to say that gender is merely a social construct enforced by puritanical power structures and subject to deconstruction, the voice of God in the Bible still speaks, and he speaks very clearly. The woman shall not wear that which pertaineth unto a man, neither shall a man put on a woman's garment. For all that do so are abomination unto the Lord thy God. Deuteronomy 22.5 Now true Christians, true Christians, are living in a land of unbelief. We need, brethren, fellow Christians, we need to walk carefully in this present evil age. We need to walk carefully in this present secular age. Ephesians 5.15 See then, that ye walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. We do not want to draw undue attention and ire to ourselves or our church because of this issue. But we do from time to time need to speak very clearly and forcefully on this issue. And this is one of those times. Every believer must be alert to the dangerous presence of anti-Christian powers and demonic spirits in this world using unrepentant sinners who are beating at the door of our consciences, demand that we accept and approve of what God forbids. We cannot bend on this issue. We cannot break because of this issue. We cannot compromise on this issue. God called Israel to be conscious of the seducing powers of the Canaanites, whose wickedness and sexual sins led to divine judgment. For whosoever shall commit any of these abominations, even the souls that commit them shall be cut off from among their people. Therefore shall ye keep mine ordinance, that ye commit not any of these abominable customs which were committed before you, and that ye defile not yourselves therein. I am the Lord your God. Leviticus 18.29-30 We would do well to mark the comments of the old pastor scholar John Gill. He lived from 1697 to 1771 instructing Christians who live in this present evil age. He said, quote, Now Christ gave himself a sacrifice for the sins of his people, that as in consequence of this they might be delivered and saved from the damning power. 
So from the governing power to influence of all that is evil in this present world, as from Satan, the god of it, who has usurped a power over it, from the lusts that are predominant in it, from the vain conversation of men of it, from the general conflagration of it at the last day, and from the perdition of ungodly men and their eternal destruction in hell. Now let's look at Romans 1 and transgenderism. It is difficult to imagine a contemporary social movement that is more dangerously consistent with the downward spiral of Romans chapter 1 than transgenderism. Listen to these words of the Apostle Paul and ask yourself if we are not living in the times that he describes. Romans 1, 18-22 For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth and unrighteousness because that which may be known of God is manifest in them. For God has showed it unto them. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. And then verses 26 to 28 of Romans chapter 1. For this cause God gave them up unto vile affections, for even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. And likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lusts one toward another, men with men working that which is unseemly, and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error which was meet. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. Romans one thirty two, Who knowing the judgment of God, that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. In Romans chapter 1, the Apostle Paul describes unbelieving man's descent into a hell of his own making. Unbelief in the presence of the undeniable, coupled with intellectual and spiritual anarchy, devolves into not only the normalization of the irredeemable, but the codification of the indefensible. Reading Romans chapter 1 is like living through the last 20 years. For as Dr. D. James Kennedy once said, when your code cracks, your creed crumbles. One is only amazed at the rapid rate of decline. So a question, what's the big deal about sexual sin? What is the big deal about sexual sin? The truth is undeniable. God abhors sexual sins because it strikes at the image of God in man. Sexual sin, including transgenderism, explicit and exemplary condemned in the word of God, degrades human beings. Our women and children will always suffer the most if we allow such corruption to continue without divine intervention. So the Lord speaks to us today, flee fornication. Every sin that a man doeth is without the body, but he that committeth fornication sinneth against his own body. What? Know ye not that your body is a temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own? For ye are bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. 1 Corinthians six eighteen to 20 The gospel is a perennial word of hope. We do not have to fall into these sins. Paul wrote, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. 
And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Romans 12, 1-2. Transgenderism is a sad symptom of a soul in torment. The sin is an especially virulent pathology of the human soul. And the disease is spread by normalizing the forbidden, trivializing its lethality to the soul, to the community, and by naively promoting its supposed happiness. Behind the laughing drag queen, however, is always a tragic and dying soul in need of Jesus Christ's love. They need Jesus. They need his love. They need the gospel. If, in fact, you or your loved ones have been infected by the strong spirit-killing viruses of this kind of our present evil age, then you must know you can be healed. Life and love may be pure and holy before God. You can be healed. Gospel transformation is not just available, but it is inevitable when one confesses his sin, turns to the Lord Jesus Christ to receive his mercy, to receive his grace, and receives his cleansing power of the cross. His life lived will cover yours. His death offered as a substitute for the punishment of our sins brings you redemption from the devices of the devil and the fetters of the flesh. Paul wrote to the Corinthians, a notorious group of sinners who had been caught in every vile trick of the devil, especially in sexual sin. Paul's words are most instructive for us today. He wrote, Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves of mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners, shall inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you, but ye are washed, but ye are sanctified, but ye are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. 1 Corinthians 6, 9-11 Did you hear that? Did you catch that, what Paul said? And such were some of you. And such were some of you. Our Lord will welcome anyone. Our Lord will welcome anyone, including the transgender person into the company of the redeemed. The sin that so easily besets you today will become the chains lying on the floor of that old cell where you used to exist. But praise God, you are not what you were. You are not what you will be. You are who you are, a sinner saved by grace. A child of God, loved by him, redeemed by him, and destined for a life you only imagined. We must remember compassion and fear. We must remember Christians. Brethren, we must remember compassion and fear. What do I mean by that? Jude verses 22 to 23 say, And of some have compassion, making a difference, and others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garment spotted by the flesh. And of some have compassion, making a difference, and others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire. God loves the transgender person. 
Jesus died for them. Their lives can be changed by the truth of the Bible and the power of the gospel message. We must stand strong against this sin. We must warn. We must shout our warning from the rooftop. We must guard our children from this sin. We must especially guard our children from this sin. We must be careful about our safety just for the fact that we are Bible-believing Christians and we meet together to hear God's word taught and preached. We must also have and show compassion toward those that are enslaved by this sin and of some have compassion, making a difference. We must reach out to them, invite them to church, share the gospel with them, give them a track. If they are in our family, love them. If they are in our family, love them. But also be clear about what we think, but especially what the Bible says about the sin they are in. Be clear about that. Leave the door open, but also speak the truth in love. God's word will not return void. Let's keep teaching his word. Let's keep preaching his word. Let's keep reaching out to all the lost around us. Let's also use some common sense. Put on protections for your physical safety as well as our spiritual safety against this sin of transgenderism. Especially seek to protect the most precious among us, and that is our children. We must be vigilant about guarding our children from this sin of transgenderism and from the poison of it all around us. We have to guard them. It's everywhere. It is absolutely everywhere. It's in our libraries. It's in our schools. It's in the media. It's everywhere. I'm going to close out this podcast with the reference in Matthew chapter 5 that we started with. Matthew five forty-three to 45. You have heard that it hath been said, Thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy. But I say unto you, Love your enemies. Bless them that curse you. Do good to them that hate you. And pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you, that ye may be the children of your Father which is in heaven. For he maketh his Son to rise on the evil and on the good, and sendeth rain on the just and on the unjust. 